At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner. Presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Beeson. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I've got week one NFL lines. There are 10 home dogs. Seattle is one of them. Could the Broncos get upset or are the Seahawks going to cover week one? I'll talk about that. And two other games where the home dogs could win. Okay. We've also got the NHL playoffs, the Avs Blues. I'm going to preview that series. Also, the NHL playoffs, so much better than the NBA playoffs so far. That was a really disappointing weekend in the NBA. Plus, my buddy Philip Dang, uh, NBA analyst with RunPureSports.com. He's going to join me, break down the conference finals in the NBA. And we've got Rockies Giants today. So a big show. Let's get right into it. We have 18 weeks until the 2020 NFL weekend starts, okay? And we have 10 home dogs we've got seattle obviously to the broncos minnesota arizona dallas some decent teams dogs at home houston detroit chicago carolina atlanta and the jets i mean one or more of these teams has to either either win straight up or definitely cover you know you don't want to sit there and take chalk week number one and say all these teams are going to lose so i don't think the broncos lose I do think they cover the four. I told you I got in on this bet. I think it was, what, three and a half at the time. Now we've got four. And let me just talk about this path here, and then I want to talk about Carolina, Cleveland, and the Bears and Niners, because these are the three games that stand out to me. Uh, Minus four against Seattle. So 
how do the Seahawks upset Russell Wilson and the Broncos week one? Well, again, I don't think it's going to happen. A lot would have to go wrong. First of all, the passing game would have to be a disaster. You know, Russell Wilson going back home, he would he'd just choke. I don't see it happening, but that's one way Seattle could win this game. The problem is, even if Russell Wilson has some issues and he's not turnover prone, the Broncos can still run the football. The Broncos can still play tremendous defense. Um, also, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, this does not scare anybody. Hey, screw it. I, there's no way that I see Seattle beating the Broncos in week one. Long time from now, I get it. There could be injuries. Maybe Drew Locke turns into the second coming of Joe Montana. Again, don't see it happening. I don't think the Broncos are one of those 10 uh, road favorites to, uh, to, to lose to Seattle. I don't see it happening. Okay, number two, what's the second game I love? Uh, Carolina and Cleveland. Carolina three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. And this is interesting because it's quite possible Deshaun Watson doesn't play. I feel like this line right now, Cleveland minus three and a half, that the books are thinking that Cleveland has Deshaun Watson. I don't think that is a fait accompli. As a matter of fact, he's meeting with the NFL today. Uh, I, Baker Mayfield likely isn't going to be in uniform there. So it could be Jacoby Brissett under center for the Browns. There's another game, game number two to look at. Maybe the home dog covers. Again, I don't think it happens with the Seahawks. Decent chance it happens with Carolina covering the plus uh, or, or getting three and a half against a Deshaun Watsonless Browns. So if we find out that happens and you can beat the book to that line, because I think that line's going up, maybe at least a field goal. If we find out that, uh, or it might go down a field goal. If Watson doesn't play, maybe Cleveland is still a favorite. Maybe it's just a, a straight money line play there. And then number three, Bears hosting the Niners. This is interesting. Do the Bears getting six and a half points against the Niners with their new starting quarterback, Trey Lance, seem like it's uh, too much or too little? Hmm, interesting. Here's what I think. I think that this is a game where we could have an opening day upset but if Trey Lance looks good in camp and in the preseason like he did last year, this number might even be better if you want to back the Bears. I'm not saying the Bears are a good football team. Uh, we'll see if Justin Fields can show up. But Justin Fields versus Trey Lance week one, that is so juicy. We would have been drooling over this last year after Fields and especially Trey Lance just tore it up during the preseason. But six and a half points, you're getting six and a half at home against Trey Lance, who really didn't look great in week one last year, uh, or, or any of his games last year, I should say. Here's what I'll, I'll say about this. Um, you might get more on the Bears here if Trey Lance looks good in the preseason. So stay off on that one. A couple of final NFL notes from PlayColorado.com. My buddy's over there. You know, Ian St. Clair is on here every Wednesday. Since the 1970 merger, these are Broncos notes. Broncos head coaches are 8-2 and two in their home openers. Eight and two in their home opener. So think about that. The only two losses, though, came within the last 11 years. Vic Fangio in 2019 and John Fox in 2011. Do I take anything out of this? No. Do I think it's a fun stat? Yeah, they've won eight of 10. And the two losses are you know, fairly recent. Also, what is going on 
with this team at home. They've got a great home field advantage, you would think, right? But they're so bad. They've been so bad since 2017. They have the ninth worst home winning percentage in the NFL at 439. So, you know, that's something that I think needs to be talked about more too. This team needs to be better at home. You can't be winning 44% of your games at home and expect to have a shot. And definitely not this year. Definitely. You've got eight home games. If you're not winning at least five, probably six of them, I don't think that the Broncos are going to go over that 10. We've got the, the win total at 10 on Bet Rivers. We bet that already. That is a show bet if you want to get in on it. Um, but I think they're going to have to win six at home to go over that number. Go six and two. I do think that. All right, that was number one in the front range for four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Number two, I want to talk about the NHL and NBA playoffs. I'm going to get to the Ab series preview against the Blues in a moment. But my goodness, has anybody else noticed? Yeah, a lot of people don't watch the NHL, but the NHL playoffs have just blown the NBA playoffs out of the water. Uh, and, I, and I know the hockey fans out there drool over the playoffs. Say it's the best playoffs out there. I think in professional sports... If you're into hockey, there's no question that it is the best professional sports playoffs. I mean, the NFL is fun. Playoff games intense. NBA is fun. Playoff intense. Baseball, same thing. Really gets intense in the league championship series. But last night, we had two series clinching game seven overtime goals that helped the Flames and the Rangers advance. As opposed to the NBA game sevens where we had two blowouts. Just two complete. It, I couldn't even watch those games. I look. Mavericks had like a forty-point lead. We've had fifty-five-point lead. Uh, the, the the Warriors were down by fifty-five to the Grizzlies. Went on to win the series, though. And then you just had blowouts last night. We had four games in four NBA series. Okay, this last round, four games in four series that had three points or less. So there were only you know. Three games that came down to the final possession, and another was a five-point game. Here are the point margins in the last seven NBA games. The NBA playoffs need to get better. 39 points, 27 points. We had a nine-point decision. 13, 14, 28, 33. The last week of the NBA playoffs has been absolutely disgusting, while the last week of the NHL playoffs, again, Game seven, game seven, another game seven, another game seven. Two overtime wins last night with the Flames and the Rangers. It's not even been close. The difference is that many more people are interested in the NBA than they are the NHL, but I am completely wrapped up in these playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'm going to tell you something else that makes a big difference. The fact that these games are back on ESPN, they're on TNT and they're on TBS, the broadcast quality is better. ESPN brings in more viewers. It legitimizes it. No matter how much I rip ESPN, it's still something where ESPN has a lot of cachet in the sports world. They have a lot of influence and their game broadcasts are really good. And I would argue that TNT and TBS do an even better job. It's very easy to watch these playoffs. It really is. It really is. Hopefully the NBA gets more competitive in the conference finals, though. Here are the series prices. Again, I'll talk with uh, Philip Dang from Run Pure Sports. I'll have him break this down even, uh, even closer. But Boston at Miami starts Tuesday night. Boston minus 167 to win the series. The Heat are plus 137 with a home court advantage. Okay? Okay. 
Warriors minus 240 to beat Dallas. Mavericks plus 190. I must say, I'm not so sure that the Golden State Warriors are going to be able to shut down Luka. And I think this is a bad matchup for the Warriors, unless they're just draining three after three. We've seen them just turn into a complete debacle if they're not hitting their threes. And it's not as sure a bet as it was maybe three years ago. So I think that plus 190 is looking good. We'll talk to Phil about this. And again, if, if he's on this side, that probably is going to be enough for me to push in that direction. Uh, so those are the series prices on Bet Rivers in the NBA. Check this out. Here are the two, two of the four remaining teams. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. So the top nine teams as far as odds to win the championship, there's one left. There's the Warriors. The Nets were plus 225 headed into the season. Uh, we had the Lakers plus 450. Didn't even make the real playoffs. The Bucks. Then the Warriors are left at 12 to 1. They had the Jazz at 12 to 1. Suns, 14 to 1. Sixers, 16 to 1. Clippers, 18 to 1. Nuggets were 20 to 1. They were the ninth highest odds in the NBA. And the Celtics were 40 to 1. And I'm sitting on an 11 1 ticket uh, for them to get through the East. Again, Phil Dang, Rumpier Sports, going to hop on, break down both series. That was number two. Here's number three on the front range four. This is the four. Biggest stories in sports on the front range. Get to some hockey now, and it is hockey playoff time. And Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, place three same game parlays of $10 or more. On each round, you're going to get a $10 free bet at the conclusion of every round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. So terms and conditions apply. See site for details, okay? Create your ideal combo with same game parlays on the Bet Rivers app or at betrivers.com. You got to be 21, got to be in Colorado. Gambling problem, I can't say this enough. If you feel like it's getting out of hand, call 1 800 522 4700. Go get yourself some help. Avs Blues Series, game one and odds. The Avs puck line plus 110 as they take on the St. Louis Blues. They blasted the Blues last year. Avs, money line, minus 215. Uh, we're not betting that here uh, unless you want to parlay it with something. And then they are uh, minus 130 to the over in this game. And we've just seen how good this Avs offense was in round one. This will be – I don't know if it's going to be a tougher test, actually, because the Blues are just completely decimated defensively. I think goaltending will be interesting because the backup came in for the Blues last series, and I'll get into this a little bit more. Played very well, but this could be another series where there's goaltending issues for the other team, and and, and Darcy Kemper is going to be back in there. I think St. Louis can score at the same clip as the Avs. The problem is that the Avs defense has the edge there, so it's probably going to be a little tougher for the Blues to keep up. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Maybe five games, maybe six. Uh, Avs at Bet Rivers, minus 125 to win the West, plus... 175 to win it all. You're still getting plus money. You're still getting plus money. I think it's too late to get in. Uh, I hope you got in earlier. We were getting in at 375 plus 475. Uh, if you want to bet it, fine. You're still getting plus money, but I'd rather just bet a series at this point. I'd rather bet the series than them to win it all. Uh, McKinnon, still the favorite to win the Conn Smythe Trophy as the playoffs MVP. He's at plus 425. Love that bet. Kale McCarr, plus 500. 
if you wanted to throw down, if you really think the Avs are going to win the cup, then you throw down a half unit on McCarr and a half unit, or maybe a full unit on McKinnon, because you're getting plus 425 and plus 500. You're going to profit if one of the two, you're going to profit a nice profit if one of the two wins them. But again, uh, wins the trophy, but they've got to get to the finals and they probably have to win. Flames goalie Jacob Markstrom. Look at this. 425, 500, plus 900 for Markstrom. So again, just overwhelming chalk are the avalanche. And it worked out for us in round one. Avs Blues series odds. There's, I mean, why are we betting minus 400 on the Avs? Again, I'd rather just, if you wanted to bet the, just go bet the money line every single game at this point. You'll get better than minus 400. But uh, St. Louis, plus 305. The Avs. All right. Let's talk about a couple things here, and I'll get to the schedule, and I really want to break down the Blues a little bit more, but I don't know why it took so long to announce the series would start Tuesday. Maybe they were just waiting on Calgary, on Calgary and Dallas, and maybe they would have put Dallas if they had won on a Tuesday game. I don't get it, um, but it, that's not cool, <laughs> you know, because the Avs got their rest because they swept, and now you're giving... The Blues, an advantage because you're giving them extra days off. I, I personally think this should have started Monday. Um, and Jared Bednar said the same thing. He says, now we're just giving them rest. I think the advantage of closing out a series early is to be able to get rest and play a tired team. Doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. It's absolutely not the case. And here's the other thing that bothers me about this schedule. We're still not going to have a weekend home game for the Avalanche which stinks because I want to take my kids to this game, but no weekend home games unless there's a game seven. I don't think this thing goes to game seven. I'll give you my series pick in just a minute too, but the Avs and the Blues, Tuesday, 7.30, TNT. All these games on TNT, at least the first four games. Tuesday, Thursday at home, Saturday, Monday on the road. All night games as well. That Saturday game will be at six o'clock. And the Monday game will be 7.30. 7.30, 7.30, 6.00, And then on Wednesday, we'll have a game five here if necessary. Friday at the Blues. And then Sunday, we'd finally get that home game. Sunday night, Blues at the Avalanche. So the winner is going to face the winner of Calgary and Edmonton, which is kind of cool. I like Canadian teams being in it. Uh, I, I hope that Calgary and or Edmonton don't get more than one more series win. But let's face it, the Avs have not advanced past the second round since 2002. You already know that, right? But I think this is going to be a more competitive series than they were last series. They were never in trouble against the Preds. I mean, they trailed in game four a little bit, but there was no question at any point in time that the Avs, would they blow that? It just wasn't happening. Blues were a good team. They finished third in their division, 109 points, ninth most points in the NHL. They took out the Wild in six games. Then you got the Avalanche, who are healthy again. This is just awesome. We didn't see these offensive pieces together for most of the series, and now they're together, and it's just it's deadly. So you've got 14 forwards at practice, nine defensemen at practice, Darcy Kemper at practice with Francois. Everybody's healthy. The Blues netminder situation is interesting because they're going to go with this guy, Jordan Bennington. He was the backup to end the regular season. He was the backup to Billy Husso before the season started or before the postseason started. And then once the postseason started now, Husso had a 37 game uh, safe shutout in game one. He stunk in game two and three. 
And then Bennington came in and went 3-0 with a 1.67 goals against with a 94% save percentage. Ooh, that's, you never want, that's the one thing that can change it is the red-hot goaltender. But I think we saw the Avalanche kind of take advantage of the situation in the last round with the shaky goaltending. I think they'll take care of business again. For the Blues... Ryan O'Reilly, first-line center. He's a stud. He loves playing in the playoffs. Five goals, eight points, and six playoff games. Uh, Avs are going to have to do a great job of shutting him down. But St. Louis has a lot of issues defensively. And it's not because of the talent. It's because of their, their, their health. They're just absolutely decimated. Two of their top, what, three defensemen were injured. They're getting one back. But not a good scene here for St. Louis. And that's where I think the Avalanche are just going to crush them. Uh, again, unless Bennington or Huso has to, if Huso has to come in, then that means Big Bennington didn't do a good job. So uh, the goaltending situation, not good. Their defense, uh, defensive situation, not good. It's just an avalanche. It's the avalanche. Last season, first round, abs 20 to seven is what they outscored the Blues. Colorado covered in all four games. Um, abs in five. Here's the bets I got for you then. Abs in five plus 250. I think I discussed this with Mark Springer last week. Abs in five plus 250. And then you're going to go abs in six plus 400. So listen, if they win in five, you're still making a profit here. If they win in six, we're getting four to one. Okay, so we spent a unit on that. So we're basically getting three to one. If they win in five or six, you're making money. And if they win in six, you're really going to make some nice money. I'm not going to go with the sweep. I'm not going to go with the sweep here. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a resounding victory for your Colorado Avalanche. Let me just look at a couple other things. For the Avs to sweep, and again, they're minus 400 to win the series. Why are you bothering with that? Um, we got some team specials here. Series outcome. If you want to go Avs to win in five or less, plus 120. Remember last time we got minus 117 and they took that. Avs to win in six or less, minus 186. So I just think it's better to take, if you think the abs are going to win, just take them in game, in, in five games and six games, and you hit one of those, you get plus money. Total games played in the series. Four plus 350. Four or five minus 107. Under six games, minus 420. That's what you got. And, and again, you think the Avalanche are going to sweep plus 390 if they win in seven plus 500. So that's my stuff on the Avs. Best bet heading into the series. There's two of them. Avs in five. So the two bets on Bet Rivers. Because again, Avs with an advantage with the goaltending situation in St. Louis. Avs with the advantage with a injury depleted defense in St. Louis. Avs are healthy. The two bets here, I'll go back to it. Avs in five plus 250. Avs in six plus 400. We hit one of those two. We're profitable. And I really think it's going to fall somewhere in that range. This team is just too damn good. I know they didn't get challenged that much in the first round. They'll probably face a little bit more of a challenge, but they're just so much better than the Blues. Okay. Let's get to number four on the front range four. Four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Rockies Giants. How about them Rockies? Not good. Not good yesterday. Um, they host the Giants tonight. 
We got a Bet Rivers special. The Rockies to hit a home run in the first three innings, boosted from plus 115 to 125, plus 125 if you're interested there. Brutal loss to the Yankees, uh, to the Yankees, to the Royals yesterday. Brutal loss to the Royals. Kansas City was up 6-0, but a seven-run seventh inning for the Rocks. And I'm going, this is great. We went over. Everything's good. Um, Kansas City scored two in the ninth off of Daniel Bard. And the Royals took two or three, of course. That was not a good scene. I mean, the Royals were struggling. They couldn't hit. They couldn't do anything. And then, yeah, the, the, the staff stunk. I'll go as far as to say the Rockies pitching staff sucked. With the exception of Marquez, it was great to see Herman Marquez bounce back in game two. That 10-4 win over the Royals, he gave up three earned runs off three hits, a walk, and six Ks. And he blanked KC in five of the six innings he pitched. That is a great sign. Maybe he's coming around. But the weather is warming up. We know this. The weather's definitely warming up. Offense went bananas over the weekend. We had games. Here, here are the run totals in the three games. We had 24 in the first game. 14 in the second game and 15 in the game yesterday. The overs it just so easily in all three games. Yesterday I got laughed at on one of my shows. Oh, you know, I'll eat the chalk here. I'll take over 11. The runs are just coming in. Now the Giants are in town now and they just beat the hell out of the Rockies in San Francisco. But it could be a different story here. Pitching matchup tonight. Alex Wood, the lefty, Antonio Sensatella. It was just been a little up and down here. That's the pitching matchup. Giants swept the Rockies in San Francisco last week. Colorado plus 133 in the money line. The total is 12. That is a high total. 12? Rockies team total, five and a half. Five and a half runs. Plus 110 to the over. Giants team total is six and a half. Minus 106 to the over. I mean, I kind of like them to do that. I'm not betting on one team to get seven runs, though. I don't even care if it's here in cores. I'd rather combine that a little bit. So you combine these two. I mean, yeah, they're sitting at 12 runs. I think one team probably goes off more than the other. Uh, Rocky's not playing good baseball. They've lost six of seven. They're now down to 500 at 17 at 17. Couple of uh, notes here. San Francisco fifth in runs scored this year, ninth in home runs, and they play in that gigantic ballpark in San Francisco. Rocky's good against lefties, so they face a lefty tonight. 804 OPS against lefties is second in Major League Baseball. Hold your breath. I'm going to do it again for a second straight game. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to eat the chalk with the over. Over 12. Boy, we got a lot of bets thrown in here on this show. We got Av Series bets. We got a Rockies bet. And Philip Dang. My buddy from Run Pure Sports, NBA analyst, he's going to join us next. And he's going to give us his picks on the NBA Conference Finals. That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and you'll receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Holden Vison here and Philip Dang. They call him Glaucoma. 
at Run Pure Sports. He's our NBA insider, one of our NBA insiders. And you can't see this, but he's wearing a Dallas Mavericks jersey. Now, Nuggets fans, not a big fan of the Mavericks, but it doesn't matter. Um, congratulations to you, Philip Dang, because uh, I think the Mavs did something not a lot of people thought they were going to do, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, this team has been slept on all year, you know, along with Boston. I think Boston and them, after the All-Star break, they, you know, both of them had the best records in the NBA. So, you know, from a Mavs fan perspective, you know, I've been following them all along. They were surging towards the end of the year. And, you know, I was texting my friends. I was like, I wish the playoffs could start now because they were definitely informed. They were playing well. And then obviously, you know, at the end, the last game of the season, probably the last play that Luca's in, he, he pulls like his calf and, you know, then everything just gets thrown out the window. Like, is he going to come back? Is he going to be a hundred percent? Obviously we got past that. Nobody thought we were going to beat the jazz first, first of all, in the first round. And then obviously no one had us beating the sun. So now I think they're, they're kind of just free rolling in a way, to be honest with you. And, you know, Jay Kidd, you know, the coach of the Mavs, he's kind of like, there is no ceiling on this team because they're all so young. You know, they're led by a superstar that's still super young, hasn't hasn't won a, a series, a playoff series until this year. So, yeah, there, there's really no ceiling for this team. I'm excited to see where they can go. And, um, yeah, it, it's exciting for sure to be Wait, in Dallas. Yeah, and, and here's the series price. The Mavericks, pretty heavy dogs at plus 188. Um, and they were obviously heavy dogs in the last round as well. So break this series down for me. How do the Mavericks get by the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, looked horrific in three games in that last series? So talk to me about these matchups and how do we back the Mavs at plus 188? Make me feel comfortable here. Yeah, so, you know, what's surprisingly enough, uh, when the Mavs were going against Utah, they were like plus 200 underdogs. Mm -hmm. And I, I jumped on that right away. And so obviously, you know, you know, the results of that series, they won there. And then when they got into the Phoenix series, they were around the same price. So as like a sports better in my head, I was like, you know, how can I accept the same price for Phoenix? You know, when I think they're an infinitely better team than Utah. So I, I didn't make the bet against Phoenix there just because I didn't see the value there. And it's kind of the same with the Warriors because just knowing in my head that I got plus 200 again for Utah and I can't get that same price or an even worse price you know, against an even better team, it kind of strays me away. But, you know, to, to get to your point about the matchups, I personally think Phoenix was absolutely the hardest defensive matchup for, for the Mavs. I just think one through five, um, you know, they can switch really well. Aiton, you know, he's obviously got a ways to go, but, you know, he can defend the perimeter. He's not really like, you know, a, a, a stiff, a big stiff, like as Big T likes to say. So I think Phoenix was way tougher defensively. And, you know, I think the Mavs, they're, they're going to have their way with, you know, with this Warriors lineup because you go down the list, sure, they have Andrew Wiggins, sure, they have Draymond, but, you know, you look at the guys, and, and I kind of touched on this in the Mango and a Friends Morning Show where it was like, you know, this year, more so specifically, it feels like players are getting hunted on the defensive end more than ever. Hmm. Um, and these defensive mismatches are getting, you know, magnified to a level where, you know, people are getting played off the court. Like we saw it with Jordan Poole in the last series where Memphis just kept going at him, you know, back and forth. And until Gary Payton got hurt, Steve Kerr was rolling with um, Gary Payton over Poole in some scenarios, just because just for defensive purposes, obviously, you know, the offense is going to be there, right? You can generate it through Steph, Clay, 
Um, Wiggins can, you know, fill the gaps and then Draymond as well. But, you know, when, when you need to hunker down and, and play defense, can you do that? And I, I'm not sure if, if, if Golden State has the personnel to do that. Like, sure, Draymond's a great defender, but, you know, I, we're on the Denver City cast. It's like, I feel like Draymond is better equipped to guard people like, you know, a bruiser, like Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. right? Not a guy that can, you know, take you from the three-point line all the way to the basket like a Luka can, right? He, he's maybe in his prime, but Draymond's getting, you know, all, all those Golden State guys are kind of like on the older end of their careers. And so defensively, I just feel like Luka's going to have his way. I mean, we saw what John Morant did before he got hurt. Like, he was just getting whatever he wanted. And so for me, it comes down to, you know, will the Warriors allow Luka to get what, you know, what, what he gets and not double him or will they send the double? And then obviously if they do send the double, can the secondary guys like Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, can they funnel out, make the secondary plays and, and look good like they have in these first two series. So I think the secondary playmakers on the Mavs will be, you know, the real key as it always is usually when you have a, an elite superstar that, that can make plays for them. Will the others step up as they like to say, and then, yeah, on the warrior side for, for their path to victory, you know, I've been following Steph and, you know, as a DFS player, we, we, we follow them right all throughout the season. And, you know, we, we know when they have big performances, right. Because that's, that's how we know, like, okay, we lost Steph Curry went off tonight or we, or we lost Steph Curry sucked tonight. And I feel like ever since that streak where, you know, he was going for the record, I think it was three points made total in his career. Like he was trying to break Ray Allen. You know, I was like legit jamming him in, in DFS because I'm a narrative guy. You know, I'm sure you know some of those guys as well, but it just feels to me like, you know, back when I used to watch stuff like a few years ago, it just felt like things came so easy for him, right? Like the three-point shot just looked effortless. Like, you know, if he was 10 feet beyond the line, he would look, it would just look easy. And I feel like just watching him this year, ever since that point, you know, I have like a group DM with my friends and it's like, well, will Steph Curry ever hit 50 raw points ever again? And it's like a true question to me because it used to come so easy for him and it just feels like this year it's never happened or like at least that from what I can remember, it, it's, it's really difficult for him. And so just to hammer in that point, I feel like for, for golden state to win this series, like he's going to have to really like nuke in games, like 40 plus 35 plus and same with Jordan pool. Like one of them's going to have to go off for the Warriors to have a chance. And, you know, I was getting some crap for it on, on the Mangone show, but you know, people were saying like Ming, the Warriors don't have enough firepower. You, you must be kidding me. And, you know, I think people really relate to the old days. Like, I mean, it's not the old days, but the splash bro days when, you know, their offense was instant. I mean, you look at these past two series, it's been a struggle for them. Like Memphis and Denver put up a good fight and they didn't look necessarily great. Like to me, it kind of looked like they're on the back end of, you know, they're kind of hitting the older side, like I said. And, you know, you have Clay Thompson with his knee injuries. He's not the same defensively. Steph is not defending Luca. Jordan Poole is not defending anyone on the Mavs for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting series. I think it's going to be more fun than the Eastern Conference because, um, you know, you have your small ball lineups that can be employed, right? Up to this point, the Mavs have played two teams that have, you know, not like a superstar center, but centers that are like solidified in their role, right? Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, the Warriors don't really have that. They have Kevon Looney, but you know, they love to go small with their PTSD lineup yeah. with Poole, Steph, Clay, Draymond, yep. and then Wiggins. The Mavs can match that. Like, they have a small ball lineup of Luka, Brunson, Dinwiddie, Doran Finney-Smith, and Reggie Bullock. 
So that game could be uh, like this series could be fireworks if it just ends up being small ball back and forth. All right. So last thing about this series before we move on to the East real quick, uh, Luca, his point prop is 33 and a half. So how much uh, does he have to score 35 a game for them to win? Do you expect him to go out there and just score 35 a game? And is that going to be possible uh, this series? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I would hit the over for sure. I, I think he's, he can, Luca, he's just so good. He can do whatever he wants in my opinion. Like, and we saw that game one against Phoenix. He dropped 46 in a loss, but his assists were low. He understands, like, you know, when, when you're an elite player, you need to get your players involved, right? Like, you, sure, you need to get going, but if you can get your teammates involved, that's how you ultimately win. So I feel like, sure, Luca can get – he can easily hit the points prop for sure. It's just, can he get the 10-plus assists to go with it? And I think if he does, then that's like a clear sign of the Mavs having success, Right. Because if, if, let's say, he hits 35 points, but, you know, he only has, like, four or five assists, um, then, you know, you would probably lean towards the, that Golden State's winning that game. But, yeah, I mean, I think this series, Luka's going to be able to get whatever he wants offensively. It's just up to him, you know, if he wants to score or get his teammates involved. And, you know, I always think he's a pass-first guy. So, um, yeah, I think 35 and 10 is, is totally in the possibility. 35 and 10. Quick thoughts on the other series with the Heat and the Celtics. I'm sitting on a Celtics 11 to 1 Eastern Conference ticket. And our buddy uh, JSU laughed at me when I put these like, that's a horrible bet. It was about, about three months ago when they started getting hot, right? Like, yeah. how do they? The Heat are a great, co- very well coached team. Jimmy Butler's been amazing in the playoffs. Uh, him and Luca, probably the two best in the playoffs at this point. But how do the Heat fight off this Celtics team, which just, whoo, so darn good. Yeah, so, like, up to this point, I guess I was on JSU side because a lot of the run pure folks, you know, they had uh, Brooklyn beating out Boston, and, and I'll take the L there. Like, I, I had Bo- uh, Brooklyn winning as well uh, in seven games. I thought it was going to be a close series, but ultimately, you know, ended up in a sweep. So, yeah, credit to Boston, man. I mean, I don't know how you can fade them at this point. Like, they've just – looked better. I think Miami's path has looked, you know, has been easier than that of uh, Boston's. And I just think like, you know, we kind of saw, okay, so Kyle Lowry's health, I think is like a huge question. Like, yeah. is he going to be a hundred percent? We don't know. Right. I mean, he kind of came back in the last series, didn't look that great per se. And then, you know, he didn't look that good to where um, they sat him back down and then they ultimately win. Uh, they won. And Speaking of the news, it just came out. Kyle Lowry hamstring unlikely to play Tuesday. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's huge because we saw in the last series with Boston and Milwaukee that, you know, Boston is okay with letting Giannis get his. It's just going to come down to can the secondary guys, you know, do enough to help them. And obviously throughout the course of a seven-game series, you know, you you saw at the end Giannis was gassed. Like he, you know, they, they were getting blown out. He went to the bench. He he leaned down all the way, you know, <laughs> in, in the bench and was like, man, I'm gassed. And, you know, obviously at the end, he didn't have enough in, in the tank. So I could see the same going in this series where Boston's like, okay, Jimmy, you're going to get your numbers, but we're not going to let the Max Struces beat you like Philly did. We're not going to let the Gabe Vincents beat you, Tyler Heroes, right. uh, Bam out of Biles. We're not going to let them beat us. We're, we're going to make Jimmy score his 30 to 40 points, and then we're going to make it really tough on, on everyone else. So, yeah, I'm with you here. I think you have a great ticket in Boston, you know, the Eastern Conference winner. Um, and, yeah, I, I would lean Boston in six, ultimately. 
I think this first game, maybe Miami catches Boston a little off guard coming, you know, off of a big emotional game seven win um, in, in a long series. And then, you know, I, then I feel like Boston's going to hunker down and, you know, take care of business. But yeah, I'm definitely on the Boston side here. I just think they have too many weapons offensively and defensively mm-hmm. where, you know, Jimmy Butler can only cover one guy, right? Sure. He can, you know, maybe he'll shut down Tatum, but you've seen Jalen Brown really step up Al Horford. Um, all these guys on Boston have just played great. And, you know, I, I don't see how you can fade them in, into the finals for sure. Yeah. No more blowouts. No more. Let's not have any more blowouts. We saw enough of that over the weekend. It was a little disappointing. Uh, Philip, Awesome. Awesome work. Really appreciate it. How do they find you on Twitter? You're a good follow on Twitter. And then uh, if you ever have any questions about the NBA, I highly recommend you hit this guy up. By the way, I was going to hit Boston on the money line. Um, and then I'm listening to you talk about this. Game one, Boston yeah, on the money yeah. line. Why not? I'll just jump in live. Miami's going to have a lead at some point in time. If I can get five or six instead of one and a half or maybe even a plus 150 on the money line. I'll probably do that. That's the way for me to attack the NBA. Although, you know, these series prices are good. How do they track you down, Phil? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, Glaucoma DFS. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I'll have all my content up at Run Pure Sports as well. Um, I think they're, they're going to want me on some up-to-lock MLB shows. So, you know, obviously, NBA is winding down. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we'll transition right into MLB, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get right into those winners as well. Well, we still got a month of basketball maybe though, right? We still got about a month left if we extend these series. So let's go do that and get into June. And uh, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun here. Uh, Philip Dang joining me here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Thanks for checking things out. Again, got an abs best bet. You just heard Glock talking about this. You like the Celtics in the series, right? Correct. And then you're taking the Mavs in the series. So uh, glaucoma, who named himself after an eye disorder, uh, is, is also named Philip Dang to the rest of us. So thank you, Mr. Dang. Great hit. Appreciate it. If you get a chance, give me a five-star review. Maybe, maybe leave me a nice little review too. That would be wonderful. And I'll catch you Wednesday on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.